you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Did you just lose the guy who auto-drafted? Are you screaming at the TV again because somebody who can't hear you dropped an open pass? Did you just drop your RB1 for a kicker? Maybe you thought your fantasy draft is a good first date idea? You were probably just blindsided by hunger. Luckily, Snickers is here to pick your sorry butt up off the turf. Get back on your game with NFL Hunger Bars from Snickers. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. Squad QL provides waiver and trade recommendations too. Go to squadql.com to download Squad QL for free. Squad QL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It is me, your man, MG Marcus Grant. On the other side of the glass is Sir Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up, man? Hey, guys, I'm uh, very excited for this. You got a show with Fabs now, so it's uh, not just, uh, you know. I know. Uh, a new new person to see every single week. Right. I mean, we kind of had a rotating a rotating uh, queue yeah, of, of co-hosts here. So as I, as I mentioned to you about six weeks ago, this is a podcast that is in transition. It is not... Uh, not the same podcast that it was, uh, say, this time last year. We kind of are trying some things, but welcome back to the show, Michael Fabiano. It's like your triumphant return back here to, uh, I guess this is Studio 66, whatever yeah. the Damashek calls it. I mean, it. it's been like two years. Right. Right? Uh, for, for one reason or another, um, we're, we're back. Uh, I'm excited to be with you, Marcus. We've been working together for a long time, mm-hmm. and I really feel like this is a reboot of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, and... I want to bring in a lot of insights, and of course, we're here to help you win your fantasy football league, but I also think we're here to have some fun and bring in some insights from other people from NFL Network, like Ian Rappaport, who'll be joining us today. Uh, During the course of the season, we'll be having plenty of NFL Network talent on the show. We'll have celebrities on the show. In fact, we have a celebrity who's going to be calling in a little bit later on, my buddy The Miz from WWE. So I'm very excited about this. Going to be joining you guys twice a week now throughout the season. And I hope everyone out there will tune in and listen because I promise you, you'll get smarter and you'll win your fantasy football championship if you listen week in and week out, Marcus. I'm excited about this, my friend. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. As he mentioned, uh, the Miz coming on a little bit later. He will talk about a couple of fantasy leagues that he is in. Plus, uh, he's a big Browns fan, so I'm pretty sure we'll Huge touch Browns on fan. the Browns as well. We'll talk to uh, Ian Rappaport uh, about some of the big things going on. We had cut-down day over the weekend, so we'll talk about you know, some of the roster moves we've seen around the league and how that can impact your fantasy team. But uh, speaking of which... Fab, let's just start with some of these big surprise cuts that we saw over the weekend. Some names that kind of ended up on the street that maybe we didn't think would be on the street. And um, I'll start in in New Orleans with the the Saints backfield because they shuffled some things around. I mean, we know the guys at the top of that that depth chart. We know Alvin Kamara. We know Mark Ingram when he's back from his suspension. But they did some things that maybe opened some eyes uh, for this preseason. Right. Shane Vereen off the roster. Uh, Jonathan Williams was was cut and then put on the practice squad. So right now you're looking at Boston Scott and Mike Gillisley, who was cut by the Patriots and suddenly finds a job very quickly with the New Orleans Saints. That's something we'll be talking to Ian Rappaport about. But Kamara is going to see a lot of work in the first four games for New Orleans until Mark Ingram comes back. With that being said, I wonder if there's any interest at all in picking up Gillisley because he could potentially vulture some touchdowns near the goal line in that Saints offense, Marcus. I absolutely would. And because I went into this, this season thinking that even with wh- whoever it was going to be, you know, I think we were thinking maybe Boston Scott or Jonathan Williams or whoever it was going to be was going to get some work early. I mean, you know, last year they didn't load Kamara up with a ton of opportunity. And I think that for a team 
that is preparing to make a deep run into the playoffs, potentially to a Super Bowl. The last thing they want to do is overwork their star running back early. So I, I don't necessarily see Kamara being a 25 to 30 touch per game guy. So I think that means there is room somewhere in that backfield for somebody else to get some opportunities. So I think you know it's worth if you're in a deep league, if you just want to take a dart throw at somebody, maybe a Shane Vereen or somebody like that getting uh, getting some some touch, some, some opportunities there. Yeah, there was another cut there. Uh, the one in Oakland with Martavis Bryant. Now, Bryant was scheduled to be, he was slated to be that number three, right? Now the Raiders have Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, not much else behind him. And the news is that Bryant facing some sort of a suspension here. So how surprised were you when you heard about the Bryant news? And does this, in your opinion, elevate Jordy Nelson's value? I guess. Uh, first, thing, I, 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 quickly, I mis- misspoke. You, you Shane, Ver- Shane Vereen's going on IR. I had a finger injury, on so IR. I misspoke. There. But yeah, there are some guys in that backfield to keep an eye on. Um, I don't. I don't understand not one thing about what the Raiders are doing mm-hmm. with this team. I mean, you know, obviously the the big news was them trading Khalil Mack, which impacts you know them, them defensively and potentially offensively. I don't understand why you would make a trade for Martavis Bryant during the draft and then cut him before Week One. The idea that he could be suspended is not a new one. This thing had been floating out there for a while. This has always been a possibility for Martavis Bryant. So why they're letting him go, I don't understand. I don't know that this impacts Jordy Nelson any more than it would have because they're obviously not the same kind of player. They don't run the same routes necessarily. Um, I, I, there's, I've said it all offseason, and nothing has changed for me. I, I don't want any part of the Raiders offense. I don't I don't want I don't want their quarterback. I don't want any of their wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I don't want their running back. I want nothing to do with this Raiders offense. This is going to be a bad team and yeah. they're going to struggle to score points and they're going to give up a lot of points. There's just nothing about this group that makes me excited. Yeah. Like, and and they added Brandon LaFell. Um, ho-hum. Yay. Ho-hum. Yay. Yeah. That exactly. does nothing for me. Um, Thomas Rawls, uh, mm-hmm. who had been getting some work with the Jets. That. It's kind of interesting because to me, there's, you know, I know that they got Crowell and Bilal Powell there, but there's still a lot of things unsettled about this backfield. And so them saying goodbye to Thomas Rawls, I thought was a little bit of a surprise. A little bit, uh, especially because Elijah Maguire's banged up, right? Maguire uh, has been placed on injured reserve by the Jets. And what we saw in the preseason was a lot of Bilal Powell. And Powell was a guy that a lot of us in the fantasy industry, including myself, liked last year. And he let a lot of us down. The previous year, he showed some flashes. So is it a case where we hyped up Powell? He didn't get the job done for our fantasy teams. Now people have cooled on him, and suddenly he could be the Jets' back to draft ahead of Isaiah Crowell. I still like Blow Powell. And, and I, I think my frustration was that the Jets coaching staff just didn't use him a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy who ran for more than four yards per carry last year. You, you know, 23 catches on 33 targets. I mean, so the catch rate was pretty good there. It just, for whatever reason, they just kept trying to shoehorn other running backs into that job. The downside for Bilal Powell is that, you know, this is the year he turns 30. And, you know, we all know <laughs> the, what, what 30 means generally for running backs in this league. But, I, you know, He's still a guy that I'm willing to take a chance on late in drafts because I just still believe yeah, in dude. him. No doubt. Um, so, you know, again, it's it's just a completely unsettled situation there Yeah. Uh, for, for the Jets in the backfield. Yeah, and let's stick with the running back position and go to Denver, where probably my favorite sleeper resides in, in, in Royce Freeman. And there was good news there. First off, D'Angelo Henderson, who a lot of people liked, was released, which left... Devontae Booker, Freeman, and Philip Lindsay as the top three running backs. Then we find out today that Royce Freeman is going to start for the Broncos in week one. Hallelujah. Thank you, because he is going to be this year's Kareem Hunt. Hear me now. Believe me later. This is someone who is going to put up very good numbers. I'm starting to see him move up in big boy drafts. His ADP is rising fifth round. I've seen him drafted in the fourth round. In fact, in our NFL Experts League draft, which we had today, I reached for him in the fourth round because I knew he'd never get back to me in the fifth round. Marcus, I know you don't love Freeman. There's questions about the offensive line, but based on the fact that he's now been named the starter... Where would you draft him if he was available, say, in the fourth or fifth round, or are you letting him slide? Uh, I mean, I would take a shot. I I actually tried to take a shot at him. Uh, I was going to take a shot at him in the fifth round, but he was off the board by then. Um, You know, so I I get that. And and 
My question is, you know, when did Vance Joseph figure out that Royce Freeman was the best running back on the roster? Because anybody who watched this team in the preseason saw that hands down, that, you know, Devontae Booker was not a threat. It wasn't close. It wasn't a threat. He wasn't a threat to him at all. And so it, it, it was weird when, you know, a week or so ago, Vance Joseph comes out and says, well, Devontae Booker is still our starter. That didn't make sense to anybody because nope. obviously Freeman is better. So, um, like I said, I, like you said, I am not as high on him as everybody else is. But again, if he's still there late fourth, early fifth round, I think you'd be silly to, to take a pass on him. He's at least worth a shot in that situation. I really do think uh, he is going to be the best rookie not named Saquon Barkley based on fantasy production this season. Okay, we don't talk about kickers a lot for obvious reasons. Oh, you're going to break my heart here, aren't but you? But the Dallas Cowboys I letting know. Ben Bailey go? What, what is I that know? about? What, what, what happened? Is there something I don't know about going on in there? No, I have no idea. I don't get it. I, I mean, maybe they needed the money to make a run at Earl Thomas in a trade. I have no idea. I can't figure it out. And I've been a, a lifelong Cowboys fan. So now, our kicker, Brett Mayer. Okay, is he related to John Mayer? I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him before, but now he's going to be kicking field goals and extra points for the Cowboys. Uh, and, and really, that's one more player off the roster that people may have drafted. Now you're looking at Zeke Elliott, no-brainer. And after that, Michael, there's not much to like, including Dak Prescott. Michael Gallup might be the next highest-drafted Cowboy. Very, very, very possible. And... Listen, I still think Dak Prescott can be a usable option based on the matchups. I see him going off draft boards very late if he's drafted at all. I don't believe he was drafted in our experts league today. But the Cowboys, outside of Zeke, Marcus, fantasy it's, wasteland. It's, oh, man. It's, it's bleak Blake there. Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swaim. It's bleak there, man. Get me a tissue. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got, you've got Michael Gallup who's moving up the board. I feel like we've sort of overlooked Alan Hearns because I still think he will He's draftable for sure. He will probably lead the team in targets, but I know he's not he's not exciting. Um, you know, Dak is a streaming option based on the matchup, but I don't know how often he's gonna get drafted in a lot of leagues. This is I mean, it's I guess it's kind of sad because a couple of years ago this team had so much promise. They were 13 and 3, and Zeke was a rookie, and it looked like Dak was gonna be the next big thing, and this offensive line was great. It I guess it goes to show how quickly things fall apart. You're trying to hurt me. You're trying to hurt me. I mean, look, I'm not going to. You're gonna, trying to hurt me. I'm not going to shed any tears over the Cowboys falling yeah, apart. No. And I'm sure that, you know, Eddie here as a Giants fan is not going to shed any tears. It's fine by me. me. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. All right. Can we go to a different topic, please? Uh, well, I'm looking. You, I, I see I see Kendall Wright on this list as a guy who got cut. Although it's been it's been a few years since Kendall Wright, I think, had any real right. fantasy relevance there. How about Paxton Lynch? Okay, so you know how they say in fantasy football sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make? Right. Going back to my Cowboys, they were they were seriously looking to trade up to get Lynch. Uh, eventually, we ended up with Dak in the fourth round. But, boy, imagine if the Cowboys traded up to get Paxton Lynch, and look what he's turned into. I mean, the, the Broncos brought in Kevin Hogan <laughs> right that's, now. That's pretty bad. That That is bad, and... and Lynch is going to go down as one of the bigger quarterback busts drafted in the first round in NFL history. And uh, that's actually become quite a long list over the yeah. last decade or yeah, so. Yeah, it, it's gotten, I mean, it's gotten pretty bad trying to find quarterbacks in the draft. So I go back, I look at this and I think maybe, maybe this is part of the reason why I am kind of iffy on, on Royce Freeman. And I know he looked good in the preseason, but if we go back the last few years, John Elway's track record in drafting players has been pretty bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and who knows? Maybe Freeman is the guy to, to break them out of that. But I think I'm the just, future, Cortland Sutton also. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Cortland Sutton's potential. I know a lot of people are big on Deshaun Hamilton, but I mean, we're looking at, like, you go back to the, the 2016 draft, right, where they go Paxton Lynch, and then there's Devontae Booker in that same draft. Like, uh, <laughs> so I think it just, I think it's that. And it's my bias that, like, I have to kind of work past, but just... You know, I mean, Carlos Henderson has not panned out for them. I mean, Jake Butt has been hurt, so I, the jury's still out on him. D'Angelo Henderson just got cut. I mean, Chad Kelly was a seventh-round pick, and he's, you know, essentially their backup quarterback now. Yeah, and what's funny, too, is that uh, our Ian Rappaport is uh, reporting that Paxton Lynch went through waivers unclaimed. Shocking. And, and this, is, this is a National Football League that is lacking for quarterback talent. Yeah, although I, I was, I've been saying this year, this is the year that I think we've seen more – depth at the quarterback position across the league than than in recent years where I, you look at nearly every team save except probably the Buffalo Bills 
and there's at least one guy on the roster that you can talk yourself into. You, you know, Nathan Peterman says about. nice things about you, Marcus. Hey, Peterman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I look, I, I, I enjoyed watching Nathan Peterman play, but I didn't start him, and I'm not a Bills fan. So, yeah. I mean, I was, I was entertained. Start the Ravens defense. You know, like Maximus says, are you not entertained? I was, <laughs> I was entertained, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is you know, some of the big surprise cuts. Of course, uh, you know, that means some roster shakeups. Uh, around your fantasy football league as we try to figure some things out uh, about you know where to where to go guys off the waiver wire to pick up uh, guys that maybe you might need to drop because you took a flyer on one of these guys uh, so yeah <laughs> some things uh, to keep an eye on ever made pastrami at home how about smoked salmon slab bacon duck confit it's easy to make all that and more right at home with Jewel sous vide. Jewel makes it easy to try cooking new recipes and cuts of meat at home because there's zero guesswork and food is never under or overcooked. Jewel heats food to the exact right temperature and holds it there. Beef, poultry, pork, seafood, veggies, dessert. I mean, practically everything comes out exactly the way you like it. Jewel also makes a great companion to your grill or smoker. It separates the cooking step from the finishing step, so meats come out perfectly tender and juicy on the inside and get that charred, crispy bark on the outside. And it's easy to prepare these new recipes for a crowd. If it fits in a large cooler, then you can cook it with Jewel. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com Jewel and use code FANTASY to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E, code FANTASY. Jewel, perfect food every time. Joining us right now, it is Ian Rappaport. You see him pretty much daily on the NFL Network, uh, one of the NFL insiders. You can see him, of course, on Twitter as well, at Rapsheet. Ian, thanks for making some time for us today, man. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing great. I uh, want to get your thoughts, though. There's been obviously a ton of news since uh, training camps and preseason have wrapped up. And uh, some of the, the big headlines, we talked about some of the cuts, some of the injuries. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was one that for fantasy folks kind of uh, has people twisted in knots. Him going down yeah. for the year with the ACL. Um, it, with, with what's left in that backfield now, I mean, how do things shake out for the 49ers with no more Jarek McKinnon? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm one of those guys that, you know, I had I had McKinnon drafted pretty early, uh, rode him last year to a finals appearance in one of my leagues, and, you know, see him go down, uh, you know, with an ACL, obviously it's difficult. Um, personally, because he's a great player, uh, seems like a great guy, uh, and fantasy-wise, obviously bad, too. You know, I'll tell you, I mean, everyone's talking about Matt Breda. Based on what Alfred Morris looked like, and kind of what I hear, I wouldn't be surprised if Morris gets a ton of carries, too. I mean, he, everyone's probably trying to trade for Matt Breda now, unless you picked him up smartly. But uh, Alfred Morris is an interesting one because Kyle Shanahan knows him, has, has seen him have some success, and you know, certainly looked like he's got some, some juice left in his legs. I wouldn't sleep on that one. Yeah, no doubt. I've actually been telling people who ask me that Alfred Morris is the pickup because he'll be the starter, uh, and we're already hearing that, uh, and I think you're just confirming that. You're going to see a backfield committee. You know, Brady's going to see his time. But Morris basically goes from not even on the radar to being a potential flex starter in fantasy leagues. Tough matchup in week one against the Minnesota Vikings. Let's move on to Los Angeles now, where basically what we all expected to happen happened. And Antonio Gates re-signed with the Chargers on a one-year deal. One of the greatest tight ends in the history of the league and fantasy football. But Ian, what sort of role do you expect him to play in this offense? Because... You know, Gates, he's a little long in the tooth. He can't exactly do the things uh, now that he could do years ago. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is all about the red zone. You know, I mean, he's still big. He's still tall. He's never going to be as fast as he was, obviously. He's almost 40 years old. He's not going to play 80 snaps a game. He's just not. You know, this is one where if you play him, then you say he needs to get a touchdown. And, you know, one thing about Phil Rivers, he loves familiarity. Um, He loves his guys. I know this is something that Rivers has wanted, and, you know, I would expect him to be someone that's used ex- not exclusively but extensively in the red zone. And, you know, if you if you play him, then he's going to have to score for you. Um, the the Saints did a whole lot with their backfield, made a lot of moves there. Mike Gillisley may or may not end up there. I mean, beyond with with Mark Ingram suspended for the first four games of the season. Is there somebody that's going to maybe compliment Alvin Kamara back there or the Saints just going to run with their their second year back? Yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't think Kamara was, is going to be Kamara is going to be a every down back. You know, I mean, he's obviously going to be used a lot, but um, you know, Gillisley is is an interesting pickup, and you know, I definitely picked him up in one of my leagues yesterday. Um, 
he's had a lot of success. Kind of fell out of favor in New England, never quite got the touches. But remember, with the Bills, I mean, he was he was a force. Um, you know, I, I would think on first and second down especially, he is going to get some carries. And what he does with them, we'll see. You know, few people do as good a job as getting guys in space as Sean Payton. So I, I would think he's going to be productive. I really would. Now, uh, I did see that you tweeted out that you added Gillisley to your fantasy football team. I love seeing those tweets from you, Rap, because I love the fact that you're bringing in the fantasy football <laughs> aspect into your into your hey, reporting. I, I, I'm, look, look, I'm just trying to win. My friend, we are all trying to win. So we, we saw a report today about the Broncos and Royce Freeman. Can you give us a little bit on that situation? Because Royce Freeman is a guy who's really moving up ADP lists and fantasy drafts here as we get close to week one. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Royce Freeman is, is a guy who, you know, early on in camp, um, you know, early on in camp, I think it was pretty clear that, that this was a guy who was going to take the starting role. And they were, you know, you get a draft pick, you get him in your building, and you can tell right away what the team thinks. So I think they were so happy to get him. Um, I mean, this, they think he is going to be the every down big time running back that they've kind of sought ever since they felt compelled to sign CJ Anderson. Um, I would expect big things from him in Denver. I mean, just for early return, they're really happy. Yeah, you know, uh, we have our draft here a little bit uh, later tonight, and uh, I am certainly going to be looking to draft Freeman again. You are fifth overall in our draft and, and I run this talent league. Scott Hansen's the defending champion and it's always a lot of fun. You're in it. Lindsey Rhodes is in it. Amber Theo Harris is in it. Uh, Dan Haley, a lot of guys, Daniel Jeremiah, fifth overall pick. Who are you targeting Ian? Uh, I'm going to try to get Tom Brady for the third year in a row. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's in the league, I hope you do that in round one. Maybe pick Aaron Rodgers and try not to trade him like I did last year. <laughs> so do you think you'll be looking at a Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara? Would you go Antonio Brown there? This is a PPR league. Sort of what is your strategy I, I, I for that pick? I would say we'll see who's there, and i got to run in a second, but we'll see okay. who's there. But I'm going to I'm gonna try to take Zeke Elliott there. Ooh. ooh. Going to have a big year. A little, wow. little inside information. Hey, That's right. Hey, Ian, I know you got you to run. We appreciate you jumping on for us, Thanks, man. Thanks, Ian. Uh, you got a podcast real quick. I know you got a podcast coming out. Uh, what, give some folks some information on uh, what you're doing. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. It's dropping on Wednesday. Bill Belichick, the first guest, Rap Sheet and Friends. So, oh, wow. Uh, kind of looking forward to that one. That's wow. awesome, awesome, man. Thank you, guys. Congrats. Hey, Thank hey, you. Take care, Ian. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. Glad you could stop by and, uh, and make some time for us. So, Zeke Elliott with the five pick. Huh? I have a feeling he's not going to get him there. He's not going to get him that five. But if he does, uh, heck, stranger things have happened. He went number one in our Experts League draft. Maybe he drops to five. Maybe somebody in the top four takes Antonio Brown. We'll see what happens. I draft a little bit later in the first round, so I clearly will not be getting Zeke Elliott. No Zeke Elliott for you there. Do you find yourself distracted, forgetting things, making mistakes at work? A quality night's sleep makes all the difference, and the right mattress is the difference between resting and just laying down. The right mattress is the Lisa mattress. The Lisa mattress is the product of more than 30 years of experience in mattress engineering and hundreds of hours of testing. Comprised of three foam layers that provide cooling pressure relief, body contouring, and support, the Lisa mattress is the best mattress at the best value. Over 300,000 happy Lisa sleepers agree the Lisa mattress gives them the rest they need. Order your Lisa mattress online at lisa.com slash live and try it risk-free for 100 nights. It ships direct to your door in a convenient box with free shipping and free returns. And you can buy Lisa for a fraction of the cost of traditional mattresses. Find the right mattress for you at lisa.com slash live. Don't miss Lisa's limited time Labor Day sale where you can get up to $235 off your Lisa mattress when you go to lisa.com slash live. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash live. Joining us on the line right now, you know him, you love him, or maybe you don't. Maybe you hate him. I mean, it just depends on your perspective. Either way, he is WWE superstar, fantasy football enthusiast, and Browns fan number one. It is The Miz. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to be on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, you are in the Alice in Chains League, I know, with, uh, with our boy Fabs here. Fabs, just explain for the folks out there what this league is about. So basically, it's a celebrity league that has nine celebrities and me, uh, Miz <laughs> being one of the other celebrities. 
We play against each other. It's Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, Jerry Cantrell, Mike Inez from Alice in Chains, Jeff Garland from Curb Your Enthusiasm, the Bella Twins from WWE, uh, amongst others. Eric Dickerson also involved as well. And we all play against each other. It's a full-point PPR league, 10 teams. And the winner gets uh, uh, money to, to, to donate to his favorite charity. We all donate auctionable items. It's all auctioned off. It's all for charity. It's all great. And we had our draft last week. Now, now, quick story before we get into the draft results. Miz was not there in person in L.A. at Jerry's house. He was in Toronto at an autograph signing while drafting not one, but two different fantasy football teams at the same time. Miz, how did you do that? On the same app, mind you, by wow. the way. And wow. I wasn't just in an autograph. So I was at the Fan Expo in Toronto, and I was doing an autograph signing, taking pictures, as well as doing a Q&A. So during this whole thing, because you guys couldn't postpone your draft, I had to do it during my signing, then I had to do it during my photos, then I had to do it during a Q&A. So while everyone's asking me questions, I'm like, hold on one second, I'm up. All you hear is, you're on deck. <laughs> what I'd like to know is, did you mistakenly sign Todd Gurley's name on someone's piece of paper in front of you when you had to draft him? No, I, I knew exactly who I wanted. Um, I knew my first pick was Gurley. My second would have been Bell. Uh, number three would have been David Johnson. Number four, Elliot. Number five, Saquon. So that was my order. I knew that going in. So I knew I'd, I'd get either Gurley or Bell. So I was actually really psyched because Gurley's been my number one the whole time. So I was actually shocked that he was at number two. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your roster here. And for a guy who was, you know, certainly multitasking, this thing is pretty strong. But I, I have one question. You went, obviously this is speculative, Des Bryant. So you're, are you hoping he lands somewhere, maybe the Browns, maybe somewhere else at some point? Listen, it was, it was the last pick. It was like, <laughs> like not last pick. It was like, we're the last pick. I was like, you know what? I'll take a long shot on Des Bryant. You know, when he gets a team – he will be at least a wide receiver of three. I mean, we're talking about Des Bryant here. You know, I mean, the guy is a factor no matter where you are. So I'll take a, I'll take a slingshot. I'll, I'll take a shot at it. You know, why not? And let's go through your first five picks. Todd Gurley, round one. Devonta Freeman in round two. So you went running back, running back. Then you get Devonta Adams in round three, which is a great value. Doug Baldwin in round four. And then Jarvis Landry in round five. Was there a bit of homerism with that pick, or do you really like Jarvis Landry that much this season? As soon as I saw him on Hard Knocks give that speech to that wide receiver's room, that was my favorite football player of all time. <laughs> like, he became automatic. I was, I was in awe. I was wow. And the thing about it is, that is exactly what happens to a locker room. If you have a lazy person on your on your team or a person that's always heard or anything like that it will ruin a locker room it's for any sport and it is so true like i've watched it i've watched it happen many times and so to sit there and see a guy step up say listen it's contagious and as much as they made fun of it it was funny uh it still it still rings true and i love the speech I love his work ethic. I love his hardcoreness, and I think he brings a new attitude to the Cleveland Browns. And I honestly believe, truly believe, that we're going to be an eight and eight, nine and seven team. We may even make the playoffs. I was going to ask you about that. Year. I was going to ask you about that because you know, obviously the the hard knocks hype is real with this team, but there are legitimate pieces there. Whether it's you know Tarad or Baker Mayfield, if you know you got the wide receivers there, this is not this is not the same Cleveland Browns team we've seen the last couple of years. You have to be optimistic about this group. And you cannot give all the credit to Dorsey. Sashi Brown set that team up for year three with a lot of picks. Now, Dorsey got those picks. He brought in Jarvis Landry. He gave the offense playmakers with Carlos Hyde, bringing in a he drafted Nick Chubb, you know, Duke Johnson Jr. You got Njoku at tight end, who, by the way, is my sleeper this year, or was my sleeper because I feel like everybody is on the Njoku train <laughs> because every draft I have been in, he has been, I, he was like my 10th pick. I would say like 10th round was where I had him, but he's been going 8, 7, 6. I've been seeing him go early lately. So I've actually got our draft right up here on my computer screen, and you took Njoku in the seventh round ahead, ahead of Jimmy Graham. Do you like Njoku that much? Obviously you do. And what would your projections for Njoku be this season? Look, 
I think that you need to be the person, if you want to win your fantasy football league, you need to be the person that finds the players that haven't busted, that haven't broke out already. You need to find those players. Jimmy Graham broke out years ago. Now, granted, he's on a new team. He's with Aaron Rodgers. But to be honest, like Aaron Rodgers always finds people that, that, that aren't necessarily a tight end. I mean, I haven't seen a tight end that's been very good on the, on the Packers in a long, long time. Now, none of them had the talent that Jimmy Graham has, but Jimmy Graham's heyday was about four years or five years ago. So I'm looking at a person that, that has potential to have a red zone target, that has potential to be on the, the field, and I have a new quarterback in a new system that loves to throw to the tight end. You know, I, I'm looking at this roster, and I see I see Keelan Cole there, right? And and this is an, the, the Jaguars wide receiver group was sort of a mystery. Marquise Lee getting hurt certainly changes some things there. Tell me what what you love about Keelan Cole. Is there anything particular that that made him stand out to you? I think it's the Marquise Lee getting injured. Um, I thought he was going to be a, a wide receiver one for them. Um, I think Marquise Lee is a, a hell of a talent. But now you got to look for these other wide receivers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars always know how to find those those amazing wide receivers. I mean, we've got Allen Hearns, Allen Robinson. Now, granted, Allen Robinson didn't have a great year last year, but I bet you this year for the Chicago Bears, Allen Robinson is going to be a WR1. Wow. You know, Trubinsky needs someone to throw to, and I think he's going to be the guy. So you did very well in this draft. It's unfortunate that you'll start the season 0-1 because you're playing me in week one. But let's move on to the... How about this? Go Go through your roster, go through my roster, and let's see. Um, let's, see what the, let's see what everyone else thinks. All right, Marcus. We'll let Marcus be the judge, jury, and executioner here. My roster, round one, David Johnson. Round two, Dalvin Cook. Stephon- hold on, hold on, hold on. Go, go quarterback for quarterback, running back for running back, running back for running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. And then he'll just basically say, whose quarterback right. is better? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna write, I'm writing these down. You are, you are just going to make his life easier, but I will do that for you. Deshaun Watson versus Kirk Cousins. Marcus? Uh, I mean, I think the winner is, is Watson, but okay. David Johnson versus Todd Gurley. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Defense. okay. I'm, I'm talking. Wait, I'm t- time okay. out. I, I, Cousins again. Wait, hold on. Mark, against the San Francisco defense, you're gonna think Cousins is is not gonna be. Oh no, no. Uh, I'm thinking. No, no, amazing pick. I want, well, here's the two things. One, I love Kirk Cousins season long. Two, how early did you have to draft Deshaun Watson, Fabs? He was a seventh round pick. What what happened to Mister Wait till double digit round? This is this is this because is a, there's this is always a, a caveat, Marcus. And if a guy like Watson or Russell Wilson is available in the seventh round, then I call an audible, and that's uh, what I did in this draft. All right. So David Johnson versus Gurley, I think that's a wash. Gurley maybe gets a little bit of the advantage playing against the Raiders. Dalvin Cook, Devonta Freeman. I think that's pretty close. That's a wash to me. I mean, I know Cook, I, I like his upside, but I still think his ceiling is kind of close to where, where Devontae Freeman is. Here's the problem with I feel with Cook, and I know he's on uh, with Cousins. That, uh, that O-line was not very good in, uh, in the preseason. And I don't know how Dalvin Cook will be. Latavius Murray looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But let's face it, Dalvin Cook is a beast. So, no doubt. you know, I think that it's going to be good. But also, you know, the, the Atlanta Falcons, I think, are going to be the most friendly with – um, I think uh, fantasy points this year. Well, we'll go down to the wide receivers, and, and you might have me here. We'll see. I've got Stephon Diggs. He's got Devonte Adams as his one. My two is Golden Tate. Uh, Mike's two is Doug Baldwin. Uh, I think he wins. Mike wins on my on wide receivers. He's got that one. He I would agree that. with that. At tight end, this is a landslide win for me. Zach Ertz and Njoku. Yeah, I mean you win. You win the tight end. Now here's you the. You know fl- what? I'm not. I'm not sure about Zach Ertz <laughs> this year. Last year was his year, but for the past two years before that, how many touchdowns did he have? The past two years before that. Past two years, not last year. The years before that. The past is the past, my friend. And last year, he was one of the Answer, best tight ends six, in fantasy football. And how many last did he have he last season? Touchdowns. That's right. That's right. And remember, no no Alshon Jeffrey in week one. He's going to be targeted a ton. All right, flex. Now, Babs, you need to be the guy that finds the guy that is going to be the breakout star, not the guy that had it last year. You're, you're thinking in the past. You need to think towards the future, my friend. Uh, Ertz was actually on my on. breakout list last season. So at the flex starter position, I'm not sure who I'm going to play yet, but right now I have Josh Gordon as my flex, and Mike has Jarvis Landry. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Landry because we know for sure how much he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Gordon's not going to start at least. We yeah, know. I may be subbing in Jamal Williams or Robbie Anderson or Rex Burkhead. We'll see what happens. Defense. I've got the Ravens 
which means I win because they're playing Buffalo and Nate throw six interceptions in a game. Peterman at five, but against okay. the Texans. Well, no, he's going to have six this week. Texans. Ooh, I mean, I think against for, the Patriots, for the, no chance for the for week one. Yes, probably you. But for the season, I'm going with the Texans. Should we even consider the kickers, Justin Tucker Wait, and Robbie one, Gold? You think he's going to beat me? No, no, I think I'm just saying the Ravens are a better option for the for week one yes. defensively. For the season, the Texans are a better option. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Marcus, go ahead. Uh, you, you can side with the Miz. It's fine. I mean, hmm, that's a close call. I, so much of it, here's the thing. If, if, if Cousins is a top five guy the way I think he can be, then I think, I think Mike's got a better team overall. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if Cousins is somewhere in the back half of that top ten, then I think you win. But, uh, yeah, it's... It really, week one's going to be interesting because I think it's going to be a coin flip between you guys. Yeah, two very strong teams, Mike. I, I know you don't want to admit that my team is solid. I'm the defending champion no, your team's in this league. Solid. I just, I just think I beat you every year. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, so, so now let's move on. We know in Major League Baseball that every clubhouse has a fantasy football league. WWE's locker room also has a fantasy football league. Tell us about that league and tell us who's involved in that league besides yourself. And I know Curtis Axel is in that league as well. Yeah, that league is uh, with uh, quite a bit of people, actually. I can't even, honestly, to be completely honest with you, I can't remember who's all in. I know Kobe's in it. Yep. Axel's won a few times. I've won it a few times. Uh, uh, Wade Barrett, we're, we're bringing back some old school people. Oh, there. nice. Um, yeah. Uh, we have Swaggers in it. Um, who else is in it? Uh, Eric Young. Okay. Oh, yeah. Eric's a big fantasy football guy. So how many times have you won this league? How many what? How many times have you won this league? How many times? I think I once or twice. I can't remember. Probably twice. And it's been going on for a while now, right? That is correct. We've been doing it probably like... Seven years, eight years, maybe. Yeah, Marcus, I tried to sneak my way into this league. <laughs> I, I'm neither good-looking enough, nor strong enough, nor big enough to be a part of this league, obviously. Nor a WWE superstar. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, I appreciate you guys jumping on with us. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know we know where to find you, but uh, you know, folks are looking for you social media-wise, TV-wise. Give them the rundown. Where do they find you? You look at me for, uh, at Mike the Miz on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Miz and Mrs., the hit show, uh, my doc series with myself and Maurice, will be back in the new year. Uh, we had a blast filming that show. Uh, it was a hit for USA, and uh, we've had a blast doing it. It basically uh, shows kind of what it's like to be uh, first-time parents living in the entertainment world. And I think it really gives you an in-depth uh, description of what it's like. And it's funny. It's one of those shows that you can sit down, relax, and just laugh at. Also, you have SmackDown Live every Tuesday on USA, as well as Hell in the Cell coming up in, uh, I believe, two Sundays, um, where myself and my wife will be taking on Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Beautiful. Yeah, that is, that is a great matchup and a matchup that is going to be well worth watching. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining us, and I know that you will be on uh, more than your share of times during the course of the regular season, and I'd wish you good luck in the AIC League this week, but I'm not going to do that. I got a question for Pat. Oh, boy. What do you think of Philip Rivers this year? I've been getting him like the 13th or 14th round as my QB1. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, They brought back Antonio Gates, another red zone option. Rivers is always underrated in fantasy. Maybe it's part of the reason uh, because of the quarterback position is so deep. But I will tell you this right now. Playing against Kansas City in week one, Rivers is potentially a top 10 start at the position because that Chiefs secondary is a mess right now. So if you have Phillip Rivers, that is a good play in week one. I can promise you that. That's what I got. I got got Rivers in a lot of my leagues. He reminds me of Romo. Like Romo was always that underdog. No one really took him. And he was always a fantasy stud. Always. Yep, he, and last year was, was one of his best, so uh, good call there on Phillip Rivers, no question, and I would start him this week. All right, boys. All right, good bye, Mike. You. Thanks, good. Buddy. Take care. There, guys. The wait is nearly over. Football's almost here, which means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How does this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. 
Here's how it works. You just pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. To get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. That's FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with us at FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. Well, thanks to The Miz for his time. Of course, you can see him, uh, he's mentioned, all over USA. Basically, like, everywhere. Everywhere, right? I mean, he's The Miz. You you know where to find him. Uh, So... Yeah, you guys had your Allison Chains draft. He had his WWE draft. We also had on Monday our NFL Fantasy Live League draft. It's uh, a 10-team league, PPR. Uh, a couple of new additions. Dave Damashek, I guess, re- makes his return to mm-hmm. the league. And then Mark Istook uh, is in the league for the first time. So a uh, quick rundown of the draft order. Cynthia Freeland was one. I was at two. Elliot Harrison at three. Fabs, you were at four. Uh, Matt Money Smith at five. Maurice Jones drew at six. Akbar Bajabiamila at seven. Defending champ Adam Rank at eight. And then, as I mentioned, Damashek. And then Iztook. Um, I will say this. For me, a little bit of a surprise off the bat that, that Cynthia went with Ezekiel Elliott at the number one overall spot. That I, I was expecting a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell. So for her to go Zeke, I, I have to admit, it had me a little bit shook at the top of the draft. A little bit, but I can see it. I wouldn't be surprised to see any one of the top four running backs go number one overall. And Zeke is talented. He's a volume play. I get there's question marks now with the offensive line in Dallas as there's question marks with seemingly everything on that roster at this point. But one thing we know for sure is that Ezekiel Elliott is going to eat. He is going to see his 20 plus touches every single week. And, you know, Marcus, in the preseason, we've also heard that they're potentially going to line Zeke up in the slot, give him some more opportunities as a pass catcher and make him a more complete fantasy back at the same time because maybe the one big bugaboo about him was that he didn't catch the ball as much as, say, a David Johnson uh, or a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell. I was a little surprised, but I am not going to question that pick because it wasn't like she took Dalvin Cook number one overall or Leonard Fournette number one overall or Christian McCaffrey number one overall. Zeke is still one heck of a player. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, you know, I've seen some conversation, understandably, that there is concern. I mean, the offensive line has been banged up. You know, Frederick, it, it looks like he's going to be gone this year. There, there's some issues there along that line. So, but you're right. There's going to be plenty of opportunity. But I will tell you that, like, I, I almost, I was, I was sort of half expecting her to take Todd Gurley at number one, and then I was going to take David Johnson. And so then Gurley, fortunately, falls to me at two. So you love it. You're which loving I'm not, life. I'm not. I'm not that upset about. Bell falls to you at number four. And I, I know. I feel like, I mean, I feel like part of it, I mean, it, it certainly is possible, but I, I do think part of it is that when we started the draft, the news had just broken that Lev Bell was not there for practice uh, on Monday. I'm concerned, but I couldn't pass on him. Now, there's, there's some scenarios out there that if you're a fantasy owner like we are, and maybe you have Le'Veon Bell on some of your teams, that you don't want to hear. And so I'm not going to bring him up. We're just hoping that he is in the backfield for the Steelers uh, when they line up against the Cleveland Browns this week. As a fantasy owner who clearly paid attention last season to how he started, I am not really looking for huge numbers from Bell to begin the season. Why? No preseason. No training camp. I get it. He's been working out on his own. Last year, his first two games were not good. Cleveland really held him down. His touches were limited in that game. I would expect the same thing to happen again. But these are the reasons I like Le'Veon Bell. Versatility. 80 catches a season. A guy who's going to give you right around 2,000 scrimmage yards a season. A guy who's going to give you double-digit touchdowns every single season. And oh, by the way, Le'Veon Bell is basically in a contract year now. He's been franchised twice. He is going out there, and he is playing for a big contract in 2019. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have Super Bowl aspirations. And you can't tell me that this team is not going to run him, maybe not into the ground, Marcus, but they're going to come pretty close. Le'Veon Bell, upon his return, is going to see a lot of work. We just don't know when that return is, and that's where it's a little bit scary. Yeah, I mean that that part that part concerns me. I've been saying that I'm I'm kind of watching, and I haven't drafted Le'Veon Bell anywhere, partially because I haven't had dra- high enough draft picks in some leagues to have a shot at him, but also um, because I've been on Todd Gurley. But I, I've been using this sort of as a test case. I'm I'm watching the Steelers because I'm curious to see if. 
you know, if they start to work in James Conner more, and not that not that it's going to be a timeshare. I'm not worried about this being some kind of two-headed monster back there. This is still Le'Veon's backfield, but I am curious if if it is that these two sides are done with one another, if there really is the breakup happening. Do the Steelers take some opportunities maybe midway through the season or late in the season if they have a playoff spot wrapped up to kind of rest Le'Veon and get James Conner some work and see what they've got going? So um, I think it's an interesting I think it's just an interesting experiment to kind of see uh, because, again, I don't have any shares of Le'Veon Bell anywhere. Um, I can kind of watch this and like watch it from and, afar and laugh at me <laughs> when like, he doesn't play for four and weeks. Sort of be like entertained and, and like kind of take notes on this thing. So I, you know, I, don't I know. have him in our dynasty league and I have him in two other redrafts. So now one of the things that you should be doing, and I tried to do it in the draft, and Akbar snaked me, is get James Conner. Right? And James Conner is moving up in terms of ADP in the big boy leagues, and I was in the twelfth round. I was ready to take him, Marcus. I had my, uh, well, we had a little bit of a hiccup with the draft, but I didn't have my hand on the button to draft him, but I was ready to call his name out. And Akbar took him, which was a smart move on his part. I ended up drafting Bilal Powell there. But one cannot sort of look at the situation and not compare it to what D'Angelo Williams did when Le'Veon Bell was out a couple of seasons ago. And... D'Angelo Williams was amazing in that role as the featured back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am not saying that James Conner can do the same thing, but the opportunity could potentially be there if Le'Veon Bell does hold out longer than we all expect, or if Le'Veon Bell is injured during the course of the regular season, suddenly James Conner could end up being a league winner. With that being said, the 12th or 13th round is probably about as high as I'd try and take him, especially in a 10-team league, because there's going to be a lot of good running backs available later than there would be in a 12-team league or deeper. But Connor needs to be drafted in all fantasy leagues, even if it's not by the owner who drafts Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he's going to be, you know, if, if you haven't drafted yet, he's a guy you should target late in your draft. If you have drafted yet, he's going to be a guy that's flying off the waiver wire, especially if we get to Tuesday or Wednesday and there's still no sign of Le'Veon Bell showing up at practice because it, it's hard to imagine he gets on Just the field don't say that. for week one. Don't say it. I mean, look, facts is facts. This is I a know. possibility that, that he may not be on the field for week one. Uh, it's just something you kind of have to prepare for. Um, looking at this draft, though, that we did... You know, I'm trying to think of any any reaches. I thought at, at first I thought Dave Damashek getting Dalvin Cook in the first round was a reach, but he came back around. He was a ninth pick in ten teams, so he came back at nine and then at uh, what twelve, and he got Leonard Fournette. And so that mm, yep. So basically flip flopped the same right. So Fournette was his first rounder. Dalvin was his second rounder. Didn't matter. So it, so it ended matter. up working out good for him. It worked out okay because at first I was like, wow, Dalvin. I, and I like I like Dalvin Cook a lot, too. but first round seemed a little rich for me. So the Fournette picks sort of eased that um loved Cynthia getting Jordan Howard in the top of the third round I thought that was amazing and so because I've been saying that Jordan Howard's going to end up as somebody's RB2 and put up RB1 numbers and somebody's going to be loving life and I think potentially that person's going to be Cynthia Freeland and year. Howard has been underrated people always say he can't catch the ball he can't Which catch he the can't, ball but it doesn't okay. matter <laughs> he was RB9 in PPR leagues as a rookie he was the RB14 in PPR leagues last season that's pretty darn good mm-hmm. and we're, we're hearing Matt Nagy say, Jordan Howard's a three-down back. He's going to be on the field. So what are they going to do with Tariq Cohen? Marcus, they're going to line him out in the slot. They're going to get him available in, in, in space, let him make plays. He's a small dude. He's actually smaller than I am. Yep. Which, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not the case for most NFL players. Uh, I think I have Maurice Jones Drew by this much. By this much, I think I got him. But... Tariq Cohen is not a featured back. He's not going to be a featured back. He's going to be sort of, you know, their Swiss Army knife, as you like to say, in this offense. And Jordan Howard is a guy who has had two extremely productive seasons in the National Football League to begin his career. So getting him in the third round, to me, is a very good value. Don't underestimate Joho because of the talk of Tariq Cohen getting more looks because those looks are likely going to be coming as a receiver, potentially lined up in the slot, not out of the not out of the backfield. He is not going to see a lot of carries, and certainly not enough carries to put a dent into Joho's touches. I'll tell you what, though. Even if Cynthia hadn't grabbed him at the top of the third round, he wasn't getting past me. So at some point, you would have taken him. He was going to go early third round, one way or another. I ended up going with Adam Thielen once uh, once Jordan hooked Howard on a Thielen. So I have a question for you there too, because yes. Stefan Diggs was still on the board, 
and that's sort of like a point of contention in fantasy. Which Vikings wide receiver do you draft? Is it Diggs? Is it Thielen? So I'd love to hear what you were thinking about at that point. Uh, I mean, I just think Thielen's going to be the more targeted guy. I, I like Stefan Diggs. I think this is a huge season for him. In fact, if, you know, if he had somehow been there uh, in the fourth round, which he wasn't, Akbar got him late third, I wouldn't have minded doubling up on the Vikings receivers. So I think both those guys will find a way to eat. I just think Diggs is more of the big play guy. Uh, he's kind of the, the, you know, the long, the long play, I guess, if you will. Um, Thielen, I mean, 91 catches last year, 1200 mm-hmm. yards, you know, and I, I don't see why he can't come close to those numbers again this year. I would like for more touchdowns, uh, more than the four he had last season, right. but overall, man, I mean, just Things are trending up for Adam Thielen. And overall, that second round kind of went chalk, right? We saw more wide receivers go in the second round, more running backs go in the first round. And then in the third round is where it got interesting, where you started to see some tight ends. Now, I did something that I almost never do, okay? I decided I'm going to call an audible here. I almost never draft a tight end with one of my first four or five picks. Almost never. But Gronkowski was there. And I'm thinking I could potentially have the number one running back in fantasy football and I could potentially have the number one tight end in fantasy football. So I went ahead and did that. And part of it was because it's a 10-team league, so there's more depth uh, throughout the course of the draft. So I went and grabbed him. He was the first tight end off the ball. Now, Dave Damashek, Marcus, shocked everybody. Yes. And took Zach Ertz mm-hmm. when Travis Kelsey was still available. In fact, Travis Kelsey didn't come off the board until a couple of picks later. Yep. So... Zach Ertz over Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey is your number one tight end, is he not? He is, and I almost took him in the third round. I thought about taking him there. I felt like that's a little bit too early for me to go tight end. Um, Plus, I I really was going to try and hold out to see if I could get Jimmy Graham at the end of the fourth or start of the fifth, but Akbar kind of put that to bed when he took Graham. That's kind of a uh, reach, though, for me. When you take a guy with the fourth pick in the fourth round, and as much as I love Ak, that's that seems like a reach to me. Yeah, ideally, I will tell you this, and, and it didn't. It ended up not happening because of the way the the fourth round set up before it got to me. Um, my plan, and even with Devonte Adams as my number two overall pick, I was going to kind of go. I was going to go Aaron Rodgers in round four, and then get Jimmy Graham on the turn in round five. And Aaron Rodgers instead and ended up going to Matt Money, Smith, to money which was not a surprise because he's almost always the guy who takes that quarterback first in these drafts. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it didn't shock me. It, Akbar taking Jimmy Graham sort of sort of grinds my gears a little bit because <laughs> I was really wait. I was really waiting for him to come to me and it just didn't quite happen. So that was that was kind of one um, looking sort of later on in the draft. Because, you know, kind of the mid-rounds gets a little bit hazy. I mean, guys like Chris Carson and, and, and Jamal Williams coming off the board in the eighth round. But a little bit later, right, when you start to get to those double-digit rounds and things get uh, a little bit kind of more speculative, right? Right. Um, John Ross. Akbar took John Ross in the 11th round. Yep. That's one... I keep trying to talk myself into John Ross, and so far I have not been able to do it this offseason. Well, because we, we haven't seen much of anything from him uh, at the pro level. He had that one spectacular play in the preseason, and suddenly he is now a thing uh, where he's on the late-round radar. And when they cut Brandon LaFell, suddenly he had a clearer path to the number two spot on that depth chart in Cincinnati. And the Bengals should be better offensively because the offensive line should be better. They made some additions to the O-line through the draft, Cordy Glenn, that are going to help that offense overall. That's part of the reason why I like Joe Mixon to break out this year. But in a 10-team league, taking John Ross in the 11th round, you know, I'm sort of on board with you. There are other players that I would prefer to take, like a a Chris Godwin, for example, who I really like. I think is a very good sleeper this season. Um, You know, Keelan Cole was drafted right around that same area. I would have taken him uh, ahead of him there. So there are some players in that, in that sort of 11th or 12th round at the wide receiver position. Mike Williams is another player mm-hmm. who I really like. You could talk about Kenny Galladay as well, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Bengals offense should be better. I just don't know that, that John Ross is going to be a guy who you're going to be leaning on week in and week out in your fantasy lineup. You mentioned Mike Williams. Uh, Money, Matt Money Smith, who is also the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers, went three straight Chargers, rounds 11, 12, and 13. He yep. went Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and then the Chargers defense. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any analysis on that other than to say that, you know, I guess Money's going to, you know, he's seen these guys. He's seen these guys a lot more than we have. We always, it would always be a shock 
if money didn't draft at least one charger these days. And he ended up getting Melvin Gordon in the first round, and that was a heck of a value. Uh, no, second, second round. Second round. Second that round, and that was, was a heck of a value because I wanted him. long way. That would have changed my whole draft approach. If Gordon fell to me and I picked right after money took Gordon, I would have took Gordon there, and then everything would have changed for me. I wouldn't have taken Gronkowski. I would have taken a wide receiver with my next pick. It, it's, sort of, it's sort of funny how you know these just little things in a draft – Sometimes you have to sort of, you know, change your mind on the fly and audible. Life comes at you fast. Mm. And that was a great pick for money because Gordon is a guy that I feel like, I don't know why, a lot of people just, they, they undervalue him. Well, I All think, he does is score fantasy points. Well, because the biggest reason is he's just not an efficient player. And, and the, the reason he, he has been successful is because of volume. And I mean, look, you can't knock that because they keep giving him the football. So as long as that happens, he's worth drafting. I think people are concerned that at some point, somebody else kind of starts eating into that, that maybe Austin Eckler eats mm-hmm. into that. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't, he's averaged fewer than four yards per carry so far every season of his career. So I just think that, that people look at his efficiency numbers and the fact that he need, he literally does need like 25 carries a game to be productive. And I think I think that's that's the fear with Melvin Gordon. Also a good pass catcher too. Um, in round 13, a player that I think could end up being a steal. But he is the biggest if in fantasy football, and he has been the biggest if in fantasy football for the last couple of seasons, and that's Jordan Reed. Now, from what my sources are telling me, that offense is going to run through Jordan Reed. Okay, that passing game is going to run through Jordan Reed. They don't have a number one wide receiver on that roster. Jamison Crowder's not a number one. Josh Doxson's not a number one. Richardson's not a number one. And if Reed can stay healthy, and it's the biggest if in fantasy football, I get it. But if you can get Jordan Reed after the 10th or 11th round as your tight end one, while he's entering the season healthy, he could end up putting up very good numbers for you. And he was a 13th round pick of Elliot Harrison. And I really think, even though Elliot took Greg Olson earlier in the draft, that Jordan Reed could end up slotting in as a weekly flex starter because we have two flex positions in this in this league. And he could end up helping Elliot and a lot of people out there who are drafting a tight end and drafting Reed late. Because think about it. The upside is ridiculous. And the downside, I mean, yeah, he's injury prone. But how much of a risk is it when you draft a guy after the 10th or 11th round? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that part is true. Um, I just, one, I'm, I'm not one to draft more than one tight end. I, you know, the, the onesie positions, as they call them, the quarterbacks, the tight ends, I'm not going to draft more than one guy. I got Delaney Walker because I just want to lock in my 70 catches and my 800 yards. Just just lock it in and let's go. Right. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at Jordan. The, the upside is tantalizing, but this is a guy who has played 13 or more games no, I get Once. it. I get it, Marcus. I absolutely understand. But the the risk that he is bringing to the table has dropped his value down so much that it's not that much of a risk anymore. I know that I've had I've had him in two leagues, and I've been able to get George Kittle as my backup tight end in both of those leagues. So I'm sort of eliminating at least some of the risk mm-hmm. because I have a guy who I believe in could be a top ten or twelve tight end in Kittle behind Reed on the on my depth chart. At that point in the draft, and you always have to determine, at what point in the draft does taking a risk make sense? Right. At what point in the draft does taking Jordan Reed make sense? And after round 10, at a position that's, I mean, it's kind of top-heavy, right? I mean, you've got your top five tight ends, and then you've got the Kyle Rudolphs of the world, and you've got your, your Jack Doyles of the world, and you, you've got David Njoku, who a lot of people really like, and Trey Burton, who's a big breakout candidate. But to me, Jordan Reed is worth the risk this late in a draft. Yeah, I mean, look, again, you're right. He's There's minimal risk involved at this point. And if, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you haven't really lost a whole lot. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's one to keep an eye on. And, you know, I, I would say he and I won't say he and Greg Olson are, are even risk wise because Greg Olson, generally speaking, besides last year, has yeah, been a lot more durable. durable. Right. Um, I do worry about Olson's production. So that that's one where, you know, Elliot might if, if, if you're right, if Jordan Reed uh, stays healthy, then then he into with a steal right uh, in the third and round. one other thing to to note here in this draft and this is a bunch of people who kind of do this for a living or big time into football five quarterbacks drafted in the first in the last two rounds five Andrew that- Luck Carson Wentz Jimmy Garoppolo Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers oh how the mighty have fallen at that position um, I mean, yeah, although I would say, I, I, you know, the big shocker to me is Garoppolo lasting until the 15th round, because if we had done this draft in like June or July, okay, 
Garoppolo's probably off the board in like the seventh or eighth round. I mean, right. that's just kind of where the hype was. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if it's that we've calmed down, if it's that he just had a so-so preseason. I'm not sure what it is. But the fact that he lasted until the 15th round, um, I think, I, I don't know. It just, it, it's a little bit surprising to me. I'm also surprised. I mean, a lot of folks took two quarterbacks, which, you know. I did, and I have Russell Wilson. You also drafted Russell Wilson in the yes, seventh round. Yes, go ahead. Round. Bring it. Bring it. Seventh Bring it. Round. Yes, I tell people to wait on a quarterback. But there's always the caveat. There's always the caveat. And I've always said, if Deshaun Watson falls to me in the sixth or seventh round, I'm thinking about taking him. Russell Wilson falls to me in the seventh round. I thought about it, and I took him. Because, to be quite honest with you, I am a little worried about Le'Veon Bell uh, and the situation. And as much as I like my number one wide receiver in Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson's my number two. There's some concerns. So when you maybe have a few question marks in your first five or six picks, there's there's spots that you can make up points. And quarterback was a spot that I thought I could make up some points there. And Russell Wilson was the highest scoring player in fantasy football last season. I don't know if he's going to do that again, but he'll likely be no worse than five or six because he's always year in and year out that good. So that was sort of, again, where I had to audible. And typically I don't do that. Marcus knows that he's been in 100 drafts with me. I typically don't do that. I typically don't draft a tight end in the first three rounds either. And I did that here too. So we'll see what happens. But I just think that because I felt like there were some question marks early that I wanted to go out and get one of the top three quarterbacks and Russell Wilson clearly is a top three quarterback. And hopefully he can make up some of what I feel is uh, some risk that I took in my first five picks. Uh, also, before we, we wrap this up, can we just address the fact that Adam Rank took wide receivers with five of his first six picks? That's called OBJ. That's called the zero I RB. Mean, this is zero RB. He went zero RB. He almost went zero QB as well. He waited till this very last pick to get Phillip Rivers, but he went uh-huh. Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Kenyon Drake was the one running back in the fourth round. Then he went Michael Crabtree and Chris Hogan. I will say this. The running backs that he got are the ones that you would target if you are going zero RB. I mean, Drake, I'm not I'm not sold on. I just don't know what's going to happen in Miami, but he looks mm-hmm. like to be the number one running back. Chris Thompson, uh, Jamal Williams will get the start the first couple of weeks. Matt Breida uh, now gets a bigger workload with no Jarek McKinnon. So if that is your mindset to go in there and sort of get a lot of wide receivers early, I think I think this is kind of the blueprint for what you would do if that's your if that's your strategy. Yeah, no doubt. And I've been in leagues where people have gotten OBJ and New Hopkins because they have a pick towards the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, where that turn is. And I get it. OBJ's awesome. Does he potentially lose some volume down in the red zone because they're going to have Saquon Barkley uh, in the mix there? Maybe, maybe not. I see a lot of experts out there who are very respected in the industry, who are projecting Odell Beckham Jr. to score fewer than 10 touchdowns this season. Evan Ingram's in the mix there, too. But again, it's OBJ. He is going to produce. Julio Jones, you know that I'm not... He he scares me because he will give me four stinkers in, in, in a row, and then he'll put up 300 and a touchdown, and that pads his numbers. And at the end of the season, his numbers always look good. They always look good. I mean, this is a guy who's given you, you know, 90, 100 catches. He's given you 1,400 yards. But when you look at the end of the season, at the numbers that this guy produces on a week-to-week basis, well, there are question marks about Julio Jones. And I can tell you this from firsthand experience because I had Julio Jones last season, okay? And he drove me nuts every single week. I'm expecting big numbers from Julio Jones And a lot of times, Marcus, I didn't get them. Now, there was a couple of weeks where Julio helped me win because his numbers were so astronomically incredible. But you also have to keep in mind that in this offense last season, there were games where Julio Jones, even in PPR leagues, disappeared. And if he goes back to the Julio Jones from a couple of seasons ago, then Adam's got the best duo of wide receivers in this league, and it's not even close. There's no question about that. Yeah. But... Steve Sarkeesian, I still have question marks about him. And I don't get why people have to talk about Julio Jones getting the ball in the red zone after a year where he didn't get the ball in the red zone because he's Julio freaking Jones. Well, that, look, you, you, you're you angry at Steve Sarkeesian. You didn't even go to USC. Like, this is true. Watch, you didn't have to watch him be the offensive coordinator of your, your college <laughs> football team for uh, a couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I'm... 
I'm not worried about Julio. I mean, the fact that he's, a, you know, Brent got him with a third pick in the second round, which is, I think, about it's average. about where he should go. That's about average for what he's been doing this year. And I, I think the bounce back is coming. I mean, I think the biggest knock is that he only had three touchdowns. And if he has more yeah. than three touchdowns, if he gets back to his six to eight touchdowns, which is kind of where he had been, um, then everything's fine. So <laughs> everything's fine. And, and just so you know what I'm talking about in terms of the numbers, Julio Jones had three top 10 PPR finishes last year at wide receiver. Three. Right. He had 11 finishes of 21st or worse. Yeah. And that's not what you want from a first or second round pick. So maybe this guy comes back. Maybe there's positive regression at the touchdown category. You would think there would be. Um, But if you're going zero RB in your first three rounds, getting OBJ and Julio Jones is a pretty darn good start. No doubt. So, uh, anyway, with our fantasy our, our, our fantasy live league this year, uh, we'll be talking about it on the Fantasy Live TV show every Tuesday, so you can get an update on how this thing is going, and you know you can point and laugh at all of us uh, when we fall on our face and make bad picks. So, you know, th- there's that. So, well, we're here to entertain, right? That, yeah. And inform. <laughs> Something like that. So, uh, I think that's it. That's it. We're about done with this one. So thanks to The Miz for stopping by. Uh, thanks to Ian Rappaport for his time as well. Of course, thanks to Murph Behind the Glass. And uh, that's it. This is the rebooted edition of the NFL rebooted. Fantasy Live podcast. And always remember, as the Beals once said, one and one and one is three. We'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.